1: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I'm Matt. And today we're talking about how to give your money away. Man, that's right today on the show we're going to talk about why you should give your money away, why it's actually beneficial to you and then how to give your money away, choosing where to give and making sure your money is
0: actually going to charities that will use it well. Yeah Joel, and that actually makes me think of uh, a recent comment that we had on our site by Sarah and she had mentioned how she, you know she liked how we have a good balance between living a frugal life but also enjoying life and you know giving money away and, and being charitable that kind of falls on the side of living that good life, right? Because if we're only about being cheap (laughs) and like living that frugal life, it's like, well, I don't really have money to give away to other people. A a big part of what we try to, you know, what we strive towards is all aspects of enjoying life and included in that, you know, is giving money away. So, so if you've listened for a while, you know, that's going to sound familiar. That's kind of what we talk about every week, right? We try to balance the two. Uh, But if you're a new listener and you're kind of wondering why it is that we're, we're talking about giving money away when this is a podcast about money and beer. Well, you know, that's why. We try to enjoy life, but we're also striving to be wise stewards of our money and and along with that is being frugal. So, Sarah, thanks so much for that comment. Yeah, we really appreciate that. Yeah, Matt. And sometimes people ask me like, hey, do I have to like...
1: Beer in order to listen to your podcast? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it would help, <laughs> but but no, you really don't. I no, don't. I mean, I think the the majority of the reason that we pour a beer on the, on each episode, Matt, is it kind of represents something that we enjoy and somewhere that we put our money that we that, that matters to us. But then on top of that, I think it represents more than anything this concept of balance, yeah, right? And that's exactly that's something that means a lot to both of us. There are a lot of people out there that are trying to retire at age you know, 34, but they're not living a, a life of balance uh, You know, on the way to that. And then there are also people who are completely out of whack in, in overspending and they're working way too much and they're you know de- neglecting things that actually matter to them. Hopefully that comes out um, in our episodes that balance is such a key. Uh, and that's something that we strive for and definitely don't always do well. But balance is at the heart of kind of the core of the mission uh, of what we're up to here. That's right. It's our mission. So, Matt, on to the beer that we are drinking this evening.
0: Ooh, man, that sounded loaded. Nice pop. So, you've got this beer. This is uh, Russian River. This beer is called Consecration, which is a barrel-aged sour beer. And Russian River, they're out of California, right? That's up there, like, kind of near wine country. Yeah, Exactly.
1: And this beer comes to us courtesy of our friend Carl who runs the website 1500days.com. Uh, he's an awesome writer, he's an awesome dude. He absolutely loves good beer. And so he was kind enough to send uh, send us this beer which is I think one of both of our all-time favorite beers and he's got a lot of wisdom to share.
0: Yeah, so the 1500 was in regards to he was set a goal to be able to be financially independent by, you know, 1500 days later, right? From when he started the blog. Yeah. Yep. So that was the whole that's the whole reason behind 1500 days. Yeah, man, this beer was I mean, really, I think we'd had sours before. I know I had a, a few sours before this, but this was the first sort of world-class barrel-aged sour that kind of knocked my socks off, you know? Yeah,
1: I distinctly remember uh, another friend cuz this brewery's out of California, they only ship to a few states. Another West Coast friend sent us a bottle. We split it and I, I just remember saying sours can taste like this i I want more uh because we've had some kind of average to subpar ones before that and consecration from russian river just kind of took the cake
0: and really still does to this day it's such a delicious beer yeah man so this pours it's pouring like a nice kind of murky brown but it's got a lot of bubbles to it you know it's definitely it's definitely gonna have a a nice bit of carbonation ready to taste this yep that's still awesome (laughs) Speaking of balance that we talked about earlier, this
1: this beer is so well balanced. Uh, Some of the sours today are getting a little crazy, a little out there. This just kind of toes the line that it's walking perfectly, uh, and I so dig this beer.
0: Yeah, it's pretty aggressive, nice nice bit of tartness to it, but it's barrel aged, so you know, just those oak notes just kind of really balance it out and kind of smooths it out, makes it real easy to drink. It's got some slightly more bitter notes to it than, than maybe some of the sours we've had recently.
1: Yeah, I kind of like that, actually. Yeah. It's,
0: it's kind of rare to find. It's usually
1: super sweet when it comes to sour, and so th- those kind of bitter notes balance it out. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely got uh, Russian River being based in wine country, obviously major access to wine barrels, and this one's aged in Cabernet Sauvignon barrels. Uh, and so it's got a little bit of
0: that wine quality
1: to it as well.
0: Uh, yeah, you know what? I feel like that's what I can feel. Sort of like the Tannin sort of dryness. Yeah. Uh, kind of coming out of the wood a little bit, maybe. Completely.
1: And so if you're into wine, not really terribly into beer, a beer like this would be kind of a good one to check out. Uh, and we're actually seeing more and more of that beer wine hybrid
0: uh, kind of thing happening. So... All the lines are getting blurred, man. I know, right? Have you guys ever been up to wine country like Napa or Sonoma? No, never done it. I think I've done... Like Southern Oregon has uh, some
1: wineries. Yeah, I think and they I've got some up there. I've done that before, but never like the California wine region.
0: So Kit and I went once and we decided, okay, we're going to be over there. We've got to stop in, you know, in, in like Napa and Sonoma, thinking that we wouldn't really enjoy it. But no, we, we loved it. <laughs> Man, we had such a good time. I and mean, we're not even really into wine. But just seeing the, the grounds and the vineyards, you know, being able to... Like the couple that we went to had hiking trails like on the property as well. Wow. Yeah. And so it's gorgeous. And then you get to cap it off with going down into the you know, the cave or whatever, where they, where they age all the barrels, so it's nice and cold down there after you've been sweating out in the California sun and get to tip back some delicious wines. And yeah, we had a great time there <laughs> for is, obvious reasons, I guess. But There is something about vineyards that's just beautiful. It's a little more romantic than, yeah. than uh, just a brewery, right? Right. Yeah, <laughs>
1: completely. From that point of view, I can totally understand why you'd want to do it. You know, and I think especially getting into beers like this, you know, drinking some of those beers that have a little more wine-like qualities... I can completely see why people dig wine and I could see myself someday in the future, maybe drinking more wine than I do now, but right now focused on beer.
0: But yeah, that being said, I mean, if you are out there and you're a wine drinker and you know of like a, a bottle of wine that's like in the, I don't know, <laughs> 16, $18 bottle, a, a bottle range that, that you know is really good and that you could recommend to somebody, uh, give us a shout. I mean, I would love to know like what's a really good bottle that you can get for, you know, 16 bucks anything that says Kirkland signature on it, buddy. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. However, I'm sure someone's going to write it and say, Oh, it's actually not that bad. You know, just like the Aldi beer. It's no, not d- terrible. So
1: uh, <laughs> a tip to the folks that do like wine. There's a website called CostcoWineBlog.com, And there's this dude who dedicates his, uh, at least free time i don't know about his life (laughs) but he dedicates Dedicates himself entire life yeah (laughs) to writing about uh and reviewing the costco wines and
0: they're actually like just the costco wines. just the costco awesome
1: and and there are you know costco is actually i think the number one buyer and seller of
0: wine in the country yeah just like walmart's the number one organic uh produce (laughs) yeah that's a good point that's a good point i mean i mean that being said like certainly costco's got great wines though
1: they do from what I've heard. I'm certainly not a connoisseur and, and I've, I've tried a couple of them and they've they've been a lot better than two buck chuck in yeah. my opinion. But <laughs> but yeah, that, that blog is really cool if you're into wines and want to check it out. And another thing that Costco is great for, by the way, is getting bottles of liquor Oftentimes, uh, the Costco liquor, if you're a particular Costco, and you're not a member, Matt, we're going to fix that in the near future for you. It's,
0: it's too far away, man. That's that's my big thing. I just don't like driving, so...
1: I don't want to hear your excuses. You uh, know how close
0: the Aldi is to our house? No, that's true. I know. So, so close. So I
1: close. know. But so the, the liquor selection at Costco is uh, really, really good, and the prices are insanely good, too, because usually a package store marks up a bottle of liquor between 30 and 40%. And so at costco the most markup that costco ever does is 15 percent. so typically uh you get a bottle of their kirkland signature liquor for ten dollars cheaper on average ten to fifteen dollars cheaper than what you'd pay at a package store they also have regular brands of booze like as well good stuff
0: yeah okay. and <laughs> it's cheaper too like by good 10 15 20 bucks so well, you can at least pick me up a handle or two you know if you're going up there i'll see what i can do
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by the way I just wrote an article, it's up on the website now, about where you should go to get beers when you're in Atlanta. Uh, And so don't miss that. I also mentioned some of our antiquated beer laws in the article. So (laughs) uh, check that out if you're interested on uh, knowing where we drink beer in in our town. And if you're visiting, definitely be sure to hit some of those places up. Yeah. So Matt, on to the topic at hand, how to give your money away. And I think ultimately, you and I both think that there's a lot that we as human beings can learn by giving away our
0: time and our money. Yeah, man. That's right. For both of us, you know, a big part of like some of our core values, it, you know, is being generous, giving our money away, like in whatever sort of outlet that looks like for you. And, and a big reason uh, we want to talk about this too is, I mean, at least for me, the a- sort of angle I want to approach it from is giving your money sort of intentionally um, and actively, right? Instead of it being sort of this passive thing that you're doing, or instead of it being a more like reactionary thing, you know, that being said, I'm not going to tell you not to like give money to somebody asking for a handout or, or whatever it, you know it is that someone approaches you. But there's ways that you can give that helps you to feel maybe more in charge of your money. It's where you're intentionally giving and that's more part of your plan and like your mission, you know, like your financial sort of game plan and mission versus it sort of being this thing that is more like an afterthought or only if someone approaches you and, you know, asks for a donation, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I think, too, there's a, a place that people get caught up and they say, you know what? in the future, someday, I'm going to give my money away. It, you know, one of these days, you know, once I hit this certain point in my life, that's when I'm going to actually start giving away some of my money, but I just can't afford to do it right now. Uh, and I feel like I, ultimately, what that what it comes down to is that's kind of like an excuse. I, I hear the same thing with, oh, a lot yeah. of, with a lot of people who say, I want to travel someday. And they never seem to prioritize it. They never seem to buy a ticket to go somewhere and visit a really cool place. And so that's just kind of a common thing. They, they prioritize their money going other places and ultimately it is a matter of prioritization and if you say that you want to give someday but can't give in some capacity now then i think really you're just fooling yourself and you're yep. tricking yourself because it's something that you can do now if you would only prioritize it
0: yeah yeah you're just giving the lip service basically you're doing it to kind of make yourself feel a little bit better <laughs> And, and granted, maybe you're going through some terrible financial situation right now that, you know, where you just you do not have the space, you, do, you don't have the bandwidth for that. And for, for those people, we are not talking to you. But, you know, if you've kind of been if you've got a steady job and you've, you're living your life and you're enjoying yourself and and you're drinking craft beer, <laughs> the good stuff.
1: We're, we're talking to you, you know, like... And and I think, too, we this isn't something we want to guilt trip you over. But... No, no, no. Yeah, it's not, it's not this... Uh, we're not trying to make you feel bad for not giving. But hopefully, by the end of this episode, you will have seen how it's benefited Matt and I in our lives. It has given us a healthy detachment from our money. Just kind of a healthy understanding that money isn't everything. And in so many ways that our goals, right, for our money and for our lives are actually better served by giving away a portion of our income. And so we'll kind of tell you what that looks like in our lives. And I'll be honest too. You heard the last episode uh, where my wife told a story where uh, I uh, was charging my friends for coal. (laughs) Still a terrible story that I can't live down. But I, I feel like my heart has changed a lot about giving over the years and generosity. And so hopefully you can see kind of how I've grown. And honestly, being married, you know, being married to my wife, Emily, has accelerated that change in my life where I prioritize it. And it's been so meaningful to me to give away yeah. a, a portion of what we make. And uh, so I I think in the end, if you want a healthy view towards money, learning to give away a portion of it, you know, and you can figure out what that means to you exactly percentage wise. But, but learning to give away that portion can, can actually give you... A more robust appreciation for what you do have.
0: Yeah, man. You know what this reminds me of too is the, our episode on asking for a discount in a totally sort of twisted way. But, <laughs> but we talked about how asking for a discount is sort of like a muscle. And like the more you do it, it kind of makes you uncomfortable or it, it's just because it's just hard to do. Right. Um, but the more you do it, the easier it becomes. It's a behavioral thing. You know, it's, it's like a muscle. I feel like giving your money away—it's—it's real similar, you know. It's—it's a muscle. It's sort of like this cognitive pathway where the more you do it, the better at it you get. The more you're sort of able to recognize it and see it in your life, kind of just as you go throughout the day and throughout your life, and you can respond to that.
1: Yeah, and I think in a lot of ways, giving our money away is like a recognition of the fact that we aren't completely self-made people. We are influenced and made up in so many ways of the contributions of parents, teachers, our community, and the country that we live in. Uh, hard work is certainly crucial to success, uh, but being generous is that kind of recognition of the benefits that we've received from other people that have played major roles in our lives.
0: Yeah, man. And in a sense, it's sort of paying it forward, right? Like you you're, you have that recognition, you see that, and then you're also doing that for, for other people. And whether that be through your finances, right, through your money directly, or just through your time and the attention The knowledge that you're able to share with others and and kind of pour into other people's lives, all that is a part of recognizing all that went into you and sort of doing that for others around you as well.
1: Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances.
0: For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash money for an extended 30-day free trial. So obviously, like the number one benefit of giving your money away is helping people, right? It's, it's you trying to better the people around you, trying to better the world around you, trying to make the world a better place. I mean, it's obvious, right? <laughs> but if you think of like, okay, how does, how's giving my money away going to make things better... I think a lot of times folks can immediately just only focus on, well, how's this going to be good for me? Like, you know, what are the benefits? Like, what, how's this going to affect my bottom line when that shouldn't be your primary goal at all? Like, it should be because you see a need or you really believe in this effort or this cause. And, and that's something that you're going to, you know, put, put your money behind.
1: Yeah, because you truly believe it. Yeah, and I think ultimately the easiest way to see the need and then to see the benefit of where your money is going is to give locally right to give to an organization that exists in your neighborhood or in your town. And so, you know, for for me, there are, are a couple of organizations that are extremely local that I can quantify what they do. You know, I get the newsletter updates, I run into the people that work there, I know what is happening and the sorts of success stories that come out of that nonprofit. So, it's really exciting to see something happening in my own neighborhood, whether it's helping kids or helping you know older people whose homes are in disrepair and they can't afford the repairs on their home. Giving to causes that are local uh, where you can kind of see the tangible work is to me a really great benefit that you can actually kind of watch the progress
0: of your money right before your eyes. Yeah, mean, That makes me actually think of this article I saw uh, that I read where they're talking about how even though like the total number... Uh, of dollars that have been donated has increased over the years. The number of people who have been contributing has decreased. Um, And like the whole article is talking about like the pooling of money to the, you know, the rich and and how they're kind of deciding where the money goes and how that affects policy, you know, tax policy, just all these different things. But what that means though, as well, is that these nonprofits and sort of charities are marketing themselves to to people because they're trying to get these big donors and they're trying to appeal to sort of like the mass appeal, the mass, you know, the whole country. And when that's sort of right in front of you as, as somebody that's looking to give your money away, you don't see the immediate need. Like you don't see, like you said, like the local charity, um, something that is right in front of you. If you were just to, you know, literally like open your eyes or, or ask around and, and see what your local needs are. Yeah. So be mindful of that because it definitely is trending to where these bigger organizations are sort of siphoning and getting all the funding, all the donations where, you know, the smaller local organization has, has kind of been suffering over the past few years yeah and so i think a benefit to matt is that giving
1: your money away changes you just as much if not more than the people or organization that you're giving to it's really cool if you give to a local organization to see your money at work and to maybe see people's lives that are changed. Someone, like I mentioned, you know, a a house in disrepair for a senior citizen that is able to stay in their home because otherwise they would have had to move. They would, they wouldn't have been able to fix up their house or they just have to live in a home with, you know, a a messed up roof or something like that. That's
0: something that's tangible and you can see. Yeah. I mean, if you were to like, you know, just give to Red Cross, like I don't want to knock Red Cross, but like they're great. However, it's hard to see the effects of that. And so, yeah, if you see the physical effect that your money is having, how encouraging is that? You know, I mean, that if anything, that would just kind of give someone, if anything, that might encourage someone to give more, you know? Like yeah. when you see the effects like that, it just has this positive sort of reinforcement that hopefully continues the cycle.
1: Yeah, and I think ultimately, then it has a great effect on you as a human giving your money away. So it's cool to see the progress, cool to see your money at work, uh, where you live, or for a cause that you care about greatly. But then on top of that, there's something about living life with more of like an open hand where you're not holding on to your possessions too tightly or, or just like gripping your money. Right. And not letting go of any of it. Right. There is something that changes like in your heart and in your demeanor almost when you are freed up to yeah. give the way that you are generous with your money, I think actually translates to a generosity of spirit. That's almost like a felt quality about a person too. uh, so, yeah. so giving your money away translates into the kind of person that you are in life. Uh, and it has such a freeing effect on your soul by deciding to give away a portion of your assets.
0: It's hard to explain, right? Like it's, it's, it's this weird intangible thing. But I think we've all met people in our lives, whether it be at work or just anywhere, where there's someone that's just greedy and they're just stingy and they just don't and, and they suck. <laughs> you know, it's, it's someone that you kind of don't want to be around and that's the way you're what you're kind of talking about it's sort of like that you can't put your finger on it but it's just you can just tell that it's just like man why you got to be like that with your charcoal, Joel? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and it's like this thing of like it's fabled in
1: books and fairy tales, right? I mean, the Grinch and Ebenezer yeah, yeah. Scrooge, right? Exactly. There these, these characters that say, you know, are there no workhouses? Like, I mean, all, there, are, there are these great stories that right. encompass someone's heart that is hard to the plight of their fellow man and then how, how they can change. And I think some of those stories actually while probably over exaggerated, do kind of give us a window into the human heart where uh, if you do view your money and humanity in that way, you know, you can change and uh, you can go from essentially this mindset of scarcity where you have to hold on to every dollar that you have to one of generosity and that's going to have an impact on the world around you. But then... You know, even more so. Maybe your heart will grow like five sizes, like the Grinch too. So, and, and and that'll have other benefits that are really hard to quantify, but but are super important.
0: Yeah, you'll certainly see in and sort of the non tangible quality of life that you have. Yeah, yeah, it changes
1: your heart, but it also changes your mind. It's uh, got like a psychological effect. There have been studies that have shown that giving money away leads to essentially like a happiness boost that that giving away your money actually makes you happier and then on top of that it also oddly enough makes you feel richer there's something psychologically about even if we give away like a small portion of what we have it makes us feel like we like wow i've got enough money to give to give to this charity or that charity and it actually kind of reinforces the fact that we are wealthy and
0: and if you live in america and have a job like compared to the rest of the world you are wealthy yeah, hey man, what I found super fascinating about so it's specifically like that about the happiness boost, right? The reason we buy things is to kind of make us happy, right? Like you buy a shirt and because of that shirt, you're happy. <laughs> at least for a little bit you're happy, right? Uh, and that's how it is with a lot of possessions, a lot of stuff that we buy. When you give your money away, that also makes you happy, but at a rate much higher than were you to just buy this trinket. And so, in a sort of self serving way, You can make yourself happy by giving money away because it's just more effective. It's like a more efficient way to make your heart glad. We would argue that it makes you better happy. (laughs) Not sort of this superficial on the surface, I bought this gadget happy, but this sort of deep happy that resonates with humanity and with like your fellow man. Something that's more real than just this thing that you bought. And at the same time, you're, you're spending less too because like the amount of money that you'd have to spend in order to make yourself a certain amount of happy, you can spend like five times less than that by giving your money away and achieving the same happy by making someone's life better. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. Yeah. And
1: <laughs> I'll tell you, I see this like in my own self, in my own heart, and I see it in like the hearts and lives of my kids. So there's something about when you receive a gift, I feel like You are thankful for it, but it's always or when you buy something for yourself, there's always like a certain level of disappointment. It never seems to kind of hit what you're aiming for. Uh, And I totally see it in my kids when they get gifts. They sometimes end up playing with, you know, the box that it came in or classic. (laughs) Yeah. Or discarding it in favor of something that they've had for a long time it's not that they're not appreciative and they they say thank you and they they enjoy the gift for a while sometimes, but I completely see their hearts being totally different when they give something away or when they help someone else that doesn't have what they have there. There's something long lasting and it's the same for me when I buy myself something new that I think I want, you know, it really only satisfies for a small period of time and that happiness is like tainted with bits of guilt and it really doesn't have the satisfaction that I think it's going to when I, you know, click to buy online. But then when I do serve someone else, when I, you know, spend my time to help a a fellow human or actually write a check to an organization in my neighborhood that means a lot to me, uh, there's something that is
0: a lot more long lasting about that happiness uh, than just consuming more. So another way that it's a benefit, man, to your wallet is that you know, contributions and donations to uh, like nonprofits are tax deductible. I don't know a ton about this. I'll be honest, because I actually have a CPA. Since I'm a small business owner, that's one aspect of the business that I've decided to outsource. Can you fill me in then on like the because you've got the new standard deduction, right?
1: Yeah. So essentially, the standard deduction for single individuals and for couples was raised. And so there are a lot fewer people that will be itemizing uh, on their taxes. And so for instance, right when the tax law got passed, I decided to give my 2018 contributions to a couple of organizations in 2017, as opposed to doing it on a monthly basis throughout the next year, just so that I would be able to claim a higher deduction on that year's taxes. And so for some people, uh, the way to combat this is to give bigger chunks like every other year. Ultimately, this is advice to help you on your taxes, but... uh yeah, tax strategy,
0: right? Yeah. yeah. B-
1: I mean, the most important thing is to be giving your money away. But if you want to do it and reap the most tax savings, then consider alternating years in which you give. Uh, Just make sure it's a part of your budget and that you're thinking about it. I know that can kind of almost be another excuse not to give. So, So don't let it be that in your life. But if you do want to get the most tax benefit from your gifts yeah, consider doing it like alternating years so that you can, you know, one year take the standard deduction and then the next year... Exceed it. Exceed it and itemize. Okay. Yeah, based on essentially a higher... Gotcha. uh, Higher gift level. Gotcha.
0: Cool, man. So that was some of the benefits. And hopefully, too, when folks read the title of this podcast or, you know, this episode... They weren't immediately like oh this is the episode for rich people that are just giving their money away to charities and foundations (laughs) this is the philanthropist (laughs) episode uh and i mean that's definitely not the case for you know for either of us we do you know we do intentionally and and regularly and actively give our money away but i don't think the total amount would blow anyone out of the water (laughs) Oh, really, Joel? You know, I gave away 120K last year. Wow. Uh, <laughs> far surpasses anything that I could even conceive of. Just kidding. Um, but I think a lot of folks might be thinking, this is all great to hear, but I am totally in debt. We're underwater. We're just scraping by, living paycheck to paycheck. Like, what? Like we can't do this, you know? Like, what am I supposed to do? And yeah, what would you say to folks uh, in that situation? Sure. I mean, I definitely understand that. And there
1: are or times in my life where you know rent was super high and i was just starting out in radio and i was making very little money uh not that you really ever make lots of money in radio but i would tell them to start by donating some of your time Uh, whether it is like your local after school kids club and you can tutor somebody Uh, whether it is whether it is volunteering some time at an old folks home uh, in your area and bringing your kids there to play bingo and you know uh, give them some some cheer or spending time, you know, even with uh, a neighbor that is homebound. You know, whatever it is, uh, maybe you're a, a good cook and you can make a meal that's killer for $6 for someone in your church that just had a baby. There are so many ways that you can spend your time and your talents to help someone out that you know that's in need and so, yeah, I would say start by volunteering your time and maybe a gift that you have. It could be as simple as, you know, mowing someone's lawn. Uh, it, there are lots yeah. of ways that you can kind of get started in this. And then just make sure that it's a goal, that as your income does start to grow and your debts start to decrease, that you would prioritize this and, um, and make sure that it's on the front burner as a topic of conversation and as something that you're aiming for.
0: Yeah, sometimes, you know, giving your time might even actually be more difficult But it can definitely be more meaningful, especially if it's something that you kind of have a heart for and that you care more about. So on the flip side of that, though, man, I I mean, I would even encourage folks to consider, even if you're not bringing home hardly anything, right? Like like you're living paycheck to paycheck and literally maybe you're only (laughs) setting aside like 50 bucks a month, you know, tops or something like that. Instead of thinking, oh, well, I can't even 50 bucks is hardly anything and I need that to, to start paying off my debt or something like that. Consider a percentage. You know, it, it might be difficult to say, well, five bucks. I mean, that's nothing. Like, like, where is that going to get me if I if I give somebody five bucks? Well, just know that it's it's less about the five dollars that you're setting aside to give to an organization, and instead, what you're working on is that is building that muscle, right? Like, if, so if you're setting aside five bucks out of your fifty, you know, you're setting aside ten percent. And that's a lot of money. You know, if you're socking away $5,000 a month, like in a couple of years when you're, you know, making bank, well, that's 500 bucks a month. And that's a big amount of money. <laughs> like that's a lot of money if you're still sticking with the percentage. And so for a lot of folks that maybe are in that situation, I would I mean, I would challenge folks to, to look at a percentage that makes sense for you. And if you're making hardly anything at all, that's going to seem silly <laughs> because it's such a small amount. But that should also mean that that's totally doable. And what you're doing then is kind of locking into like a rate, you know, just like we talked about previously about a savings rate and trying to up the amount that you set aside for retirement. If you can just stick with a percentage and maintain that percentage, then you're going to be much better, you know, at giving your money away down the road when you've got a lot more of it. Because you've, again, you've worked that muscle and, you know, you're gonna be a pro. Yeah, completely. There's something about
1: forming a habit and sticking to it. It's almost like jumping on the bike for the first time. I mean, I remember before I biked to work for the first time, I had it all built up in my head. Like it was this scary thing that, you know, yeah. oh, man, it's going to take forever and I'm going to be all sweaty and it's just not going to be worth it and it's going to be a big pain. And biking to work has been one of the great joys of my life now at this point. And so starting, there's something yeah. to be said for starting. Getting it rolling. Yeah. Yep. And so build that habit in your life, whether it is, yeah, $2 a week whatever it is, make it something. and and I think there too, too there is something about giving to where it impedes your lifestyle to a certain degree, there is something meaningful about that and saying, you know what it's going to cause me to miss out on this and it makes the giving really meaningful and helps you to understand you know how important it is as a priority in your life.
0: For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial.
1: Spring cleaning is kind of an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year.
0: That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs.
1: Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to PolicyGenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's
0: PolicyGenius.com. Awesome. So we've talked about now why you should be giving. We've talked about some of the different benefits that occur when you do give your money. And so now we're going to talk about some more practical stuff, man. How to give, how to actually give your money away. So first of all, find a cause or charity, you know, like we just talked about that you really believe in that you can kind of get behind something that resonates with sort of your life goals, you like your core values. Because when you can give your money to an organization like that, you're going to find it to be so much more fulfilling, right? And so the dollar amount doesn't change, like you can give to any old organization. And sure, they're going to use your money. And it'll be great. Or you can give to somebody that you believe in and that you're behind. And that's going to affect you <laughs> as well, obviously. And and that has a big impact on additional giving and the people around you and just the sort of person that you are. That's definitely something that you want to consider.
1: Yeah. And also consider giving of your time and yourself. And we mentioned this a little bit. But actually, Matt, what you said, I think sometimes it's harder to give your time. It's harder to give away bits of yourself uh, in service to other people. But I think sometimes that's one of the absolute best ways to give coming into contact with people that have a need and caring for them with the things that you've been given. That's one of the most beautiful ways that you can give. And sometimes, yeah, the most difficult, especially for people who do have you know large amounts of money, it, it can be Really easy to write a check and hard to feel it. And so if you feel like that's the case for you, say, you know what? I'm giving a lot. And ultimately, it doesn't seem to be resonating, moving the needle with me. Well, then you're the perfect candidate to spend some time locally with a charity, volunteering to keep the books or meeting with someone who has a specific need or tutoring the kids right at your local kids club there are lots of places where you know your time could be really useful. And that should totally be part of the equation when it comes to how you think about giving.
0: Yeah, and not to make light of of what you just said, but you know, like volunteering your time doesn't have to kind of be this drudgery. It doesn't have to be this pain. You and I recently volunteered at our local beer festival, and it's a ton of fun. <laughs> I mean, we have a great time. We get to hang out with a lot of our friends, meet tons of new people. And specifically all the money that that beer fest makes goes into the neighborhood foundation which gives tons and tons of money away to local neighborhood organizations that that need funding they literally make tens of thousands of dollars you know every year through that beer fest yeah and our neighborhood is made better because of it yeah exactly and so i you know i just wanted to mention that too because it's it can be fun it doesn't have to be this thing where you feel like you have to like flagellate yourself and like, oh, okay, I got to go like earn my, you know, earn my time because I'm not donating any money. It's like, well, obviously you can give money, but you can donate of your time and and it can be, it can be a lot of fun too. And even if it is something that's more work, you know, it's something that may not seem as glamorous. It kind of comes down to how you view it yourself and, and sort of the value that you, you place on it.
1: Yeah. And a great place to start could be asking like a good friend, Hey, where do you volunteer or give your money? Maybe what they partake in will resonate with you. I know that first step can kind of be daunting sometimes, but that might be a good way, kind of, to get the ball rolling. Find out where people that you care about and are close to uh, give their time and their money.
0: However, don't let that be an excuse to not give. Right? I mean, I would encourage everyone, even if you're hardly not making anything at all, to try to set a percentage. Right? And hopefully, everyone by the end of this podcast <laughs> will be challenged. You know, feel challenged to to be giving you know, if not a dollar amount away, a percentage, a percentage of your income, because, you know, that might be a, a, an easier way for you to part with your, with your money. Yeah. And be picky about the
1: charities you choose. There's a great website called charity navigator.com and they do an amazing job of helping you understand the transparency and the financial choices of the nonprofit before you actually give to them. So for an example, yeah, if you look up Habitat for Humanity, uh, you can see like the exact percentage of the money you give that actually kind of goes towards the work, as opposed to you know back office and things like that. Right. Uh, and there was, I a, assume it's a lot, and it's a lot. Okay. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. yeah, I've heard good things about Habitat. <laughs> yeah, I love Habitat. And uh, but then there was uh, there were a lot of articles you know a few years ago about this uh, nonprofit called Wounded Warriors. And it was an organization that raised money for veterans that had been disabled or wounded in combat. And it turns out that a lot of the money that you were giving was actually going towards higher up people in the organization staying at fancy hotels, you know, eating fancy dinners, going to fancy parties, things like that. And so, just all the fancy stuff, all, all yeah, fancy yeah. stuff, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, checking that, that charity out that you're considering giving to uh, out on a website like Charity Navigator can kind of really actually help you feel good about the transparency level of the organization that you're giving to. And especially in times in the immediate aftermath of a natural disaster, like a hurricane, there are all sorts of fake charities that pop up. You'll see Facebook ads or get an email to donate. And sometimes there's, you know, one word off in the name of the charity. And so checking them out on a site like Charity Navigator can help you know too, that you're not giving to a scammy organization. Yeah, and you know, we're cheap. Like we don't I don't like to pay fees when it comes you know to someone to manage my money. I don't like to pay more than I need to for pretty much anything. And so when I'm giving my money to a charity, I want it to be the exact same thing. Yeah, you want want it to
0: be effective. Yeah. Yeah, I
1: want it to be effective giving, effective use of those funds. And so
0: I want to donate to the vanguard of charities.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And so like a, a charity like Habitat pretty much is that. And there are other organizations that very much fall into that vein. But then there are other ones where, you know, there's a lot of overhead. It's a little more expensive. Yeah. And and not nearly as much money uh, of yours is
0: going to help the people that are actually in need as you would hope would be. Yeah, Joel, that's a good tip. And something else too is to put it in your budget, right? So if you're going to start giving uh, your money away, put it in your budget and stick to it. If you're not used to giving, it's probably not going to come natural to you to give a portion of your paycheck away every month or every two weeks. So what you need to do then is to plan for it and don't let giving be an excuse to why you're, you know, now overspending and blowing your budget. It's now needs to be a part of your budget. (laughs) And this is also a way that kind of eases some guilt. And if you are actively giving your money away, right? Like if you have every month, you know that you're going to set aside, you know, X number of dollars or a percentage of your income to go towards a charity, whether that's pre-decided, or if you kind of like to wing it, right? If, if you kind of are waiting for opportunities to come up, this is the perfect way for you to know that you are helping people, right? That you are giving money away, um, while at the same time, not feeling like you're being guilted into it. And, and I'll tell you too, from personal experience, like setting a line item for giving money away is that it's just fun. <laughs> the way Kate and I view our budget is that once we've decided that that's what that line item is, like we almost have to force ourselves to to reach that amount, right? For some things that's not difficult, right? Like going out to eat. <laughs> we almost always hit that budgeted amount. Um, but the same thing sort of applies for giving your money away. If you've decided on a certain dollar amount, so if you've underspent or, you know, under gifted that category, if you're getting towards the end of the month, man, you can really look for ways to give that money away, which is kind of crazy. Like that's just sort of this weird position that it, it kind of puts you in. And I think that should, for most folks, give you a lot of joy. We've found joy in that definitely in the past. At this point, we're kind of like always hitting the max. <laughs> we're all, we're like almost always, almost going over our budgeted amount, but and obviously, you don't have to spend all that if, if you're if you've got some left over for that month, just roll that over into next month because there might be another opportunity that that shows up and it might be over your typical amount. And so you know, be wise with your money. But yeah, that's so important for us uh, is to actually set a dollar amount that is our goal that we're trying to hit every month to give our money away.
1: Yeah, I love your approach, Matt. I mean, I love how that sort of thinking about. Putting it into your budget, and then the fact that your budget ultimately reflects you know the things that you care about, the things that, that bring you joy, and then being a part of those nonprofits, you know where you give your money actually uh, seems to, in my mind, with that mindset, bring you more joy. And I personally love getting emails, you know, hearing back from people that I know that work for those nonprofits that we give money to, and you know, being involved in them and hearing the stories of what's actually happening. There's so much joy that's brought to my life. Uh, based on you know the amount of money I'm able to give every month, uh, and then and then hearing what's actually happening with those funds, there's something really cool about that. And, yeah. and if and if it wasn't budgeted, if it wasn't set, uh, if it wasn't baked into the cake every month uh, of what I'm giving away, uh, it would be really easy for me to decide. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to give this month. I'm not going to give next month, and and just kind of continue on in that right. pattern. Yeah. Um, and and so yeah, putting it in the budget, you know, has this double effect of kind of ensuring that you actually do it. And then, you know, reflecting those places that you do prioritize. I mean, it actually becomes like a joyous thing when you do that.
0: Yeah. Well, and even like a third prong then too, is that it allows you to do those things and to have that joy while at the same time, not wrecking your goal, your financial goals, right? Like it's not like this budget buster that just showed up because you didn't plan for it. I think a lot of people will think that this feels a little too stiff. If you know, to say, oh, you need to set a a line item (laughs) every month, like you must give this amount of money away, you know, it doesn't feel natural and giving and and, and from the heart. I mean, our lives are complicated and our finances, there's just a lot of moving pieces. And if something were to come along and if you didn't have that money set aside, well, if you were to respond to that, you know, out of the kindness of your heart, you know, out of generosity, like from a place of, of, of trueness, then. It might blow your budget for that month you know and then there's other financial goals that you're not able to achieve that you know you also want to achieve it's just kind of going into it with a plan and being prepared for it too you know yeah completely
1: and i wanted to quickly mention also another uh how to give is you can give through something called a donor advised fund so that's, that'll be more on the philanthropy uh, episode, right? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it, it actually, in a lot of ways, it is kind of more people with big bucks doing things, but th- there's actually a lot of benefit that you can get as a small giver as well, uh, having nice. a, a donor advised fund. And so, actually, the credit card that I think I mentioned that I use all the time in using credit cards like a pro is a Fidelity credit card that gives me 2% cash back on everything I spend. And so, over the years, you know, I, I'm racking up a fairly substantial amount of points that allows me to open up a Fidelity account of multiple different types of fidelity accounts that i can open and one of those types is a donor advised fund and so the cool thing about donor advised funds is that they allow the donor themselves to make a charitable contribution to receive that immediate tax benefit that year but then actually disperse those funds in different amounts to different organizations over Years, a variety of years right? yeah. Yeah, so, yeah so you can kind of watch it grow uh you've kind of taken that initial deduction but then you can watch it grow and decide how much you want to give away you know this month next month you know five years from now right so that kind of too could also help alleviate some of that you know budget busting if you have like a donor advised fund a small one set up and you, you have this maybe monthly amount that you give but kind then you ship get- away and kind of a little bit here and there yeah Yeah. but but then but then let's say you get like a bigger request from a charity and you see the need and you feel like you really do need to put your money to work for that charity you know that donor advice fund can be that perfect opportunity for you to give of some additional dollars um, that you kind of have in reserve and so it's 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 kind of a cool tool that you can use, uh, and and hopefully too, you know, in donor advice funds, often your money is invested, and so hopefully it's also growing at yep. a, a bigger clip than just the money that's sitting in your savings account.
0: Yeah, which is definitely great, and something to keep in mind too with donor advice funds is that once you donate to those funds, it's gone, right? <laughs> like, like you can't yeah. you can't withdraw that money back into you know your regular savings account or something like that. Oh wait, I need it. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> no, nope, that money's then earmarked for giving. Only. Yeah, exactly. The way that the government sees that money is that once it goes into that fund, it is at that point charitable giving and it can't can't go back. Like it can grow in your account there, uh, but at some point you're going to have to uh, gladly, (laughs) hopefully, donate that. Yeah, so if you're
1: interested in opening one, look at the specific rules of the company where you might consider opening a donor advised fund. But they are definitely a good option for people looking for kind of outside of the box ways yeah. to give a little bit more here well, there.
0: specifically too, it's, it's a great way for big earners to offset their income. Right. So like, so it's definitely for doctors and, and folks that have very high incomes. If you're looking for ways to minimize your tax burden, that's one of the strategies, you know, and this kind of, it seems kind of cold hearted, I guess like, it's like, Oh, this is one way that I can reduce how much I give the government is to give to charity. And it feels like the heart isn't in it, I guess as much. But like we said before, you want your money to go as far as you can get it to go. And so this is one of the smart ways that you can reduce your tax burden while at the same time maximizing the amount of money that you can give to charities. Well, and speaking of doctors, our friend
1: Physician on Fire has a great article about donor advice funds. And so we'll link to that in the show notes as well.
0: Something I wanted to ask you is what are your thoughts on auto enrolling versus like manually having to give to like different charities or whatever it is that you, that you that you do every month? And before you answer, <laughs> the reason I ask this is because I thought back to way, uh, the episode we did on like ways to cut your monthly bills, right? And you had specifically mentioned how you like to, with some bills at least, not put it on auto pay so that you kind of had to manually go in and pay it every month so that you would feel it right? Do you, see, do you feel where I'm going? No, I completely <laughs> I completely feel where you're going. Okay. When you,
1: and honestly, when you ask the question, that's exactly where my you, yeah, mind okay. went too. <laughs> and so... You know me too well, Doc. <laughs> I think there's a huge benefit in doing something uh, physical, right? Where you actually pay a bill and you kind of feel the money uh, a little bit more than you auto pay and you're you know, finally reconciling at the end of the month versus and it being like this data point that just shows up and yeah, like, okay, that's not so much like actually taking the time to even if it's not writing a physical check, right, but actually yeah, on the keyboard typing like. it in, right? <laughs> yeah, there's something to that. I think, the same is true for giving, because I, I feel that in myself. Yeah, it's there has got to be. There are some uh, elements, uh, uh, some of the charities that I give to that are kind of set up on automatic withdrawal. And I don't feel it in the same way. I guess, you know, I get the, you know, an email or a newsletter or an update or something like that. And so that's kind of the time that I spend thinking about where my money's going. Right. Uh, but I don't feel it when I'm actually, you know, specifically donating the money. And so... I think that again can be up to the individual, but I do see in my life how setting up some of those automatic withdrawals has actually led to me thinking less about it, and yeah. I do think there's a, a huge benefit to actually thinking about it and, and being, you know, act, an active participant in the actual, you know, physical, tangible act of writing the check or or just typing in the credit card information mm-hmm. online.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, I would totally agree, right? I do think though that the sort of the auto draft, right, and it's kind of setting it up on a recurring thing, might be really helpful for folks who are looking to kind of get started in giving. So it's a tool, you know. I kind of see it that way. Like it's it's a way for folks to kind of get you on a plan. It kind of signs you up, and you're on it for the next, you know, however long. But you know, like I think for a lot of folks that might be, if you're used to that. And if you've been on that sort of treadmill, like you're on that cycle for a while, and, and like Joel said, if you're not feeling it as much or you don't find yourself like thinking about it at all until you get like the tax document at the end of the year, if that's like the only time that you think about it, then maybe at that point, it is a good time for you to take it off the auto draft and have it set up to where you have to manually do it yourself. Because, you know, like, yeah, you're going to think about it more if you're touching it and you're thinking about it and it's in, in more of your day to day life it's going to be something that has a larger impact on you personally. At the same time, while I say that though, I, I don't want to discourage people from agreeing to support some cause and not doing auto draft. Cause if you know that that's how you're going to get on board and continue to pay for the next 12 months, well then do it. You know, it's almost like a gym membership. Like a lot of times people join a gym because they know that, well, if I don't do this, I'm not going to go. Like if I don't join this program, if I don't sign up, if I don't do this, then I'm not going to do it. And you definitely don't want that as well because the ultimate goal here in the end is to give your money away and to actually help people. And so don't let that be a hindrance from you to actually helping people and, and making the world a better place. Yeah. Sometimes for me, when it comes to that dilemma, the best way to do it is to set up a
1: calendar reminder. It gives me that ability to think about where my money's going, to quickly hop on and make the donation you know, on that monthly basis. And that gives me kind of the best of both worlds where it is almost recurring, but it actually also takes a little bit of thought. So maybe a calendar reminder is that that happy medium for you, as opposed to that direct ACH or direct bill pay, you know, actually gives you that tangible time to think about where your money's going and reflect on it. Uh, Back to the beer real quick. I really enjoyed Russian River Consecration, man. It's a blast from the past
0: that we brought back tonight funny that you mentioned blast from the past uh i was actually listening to a beer podcast because i'm a nerd (laughs) and they're talking about just all the new breweries and how the guy the host was asking another you know somewhat newer brewer what they thought about russian river because they were someone like the original pioneers when it came to some of the new styles and definitely with sours and barrel aging and he's just like you know do you think that people will forget about russian river and the guy that he was interviewing was just like, no way. <laughs> like, they were, they were just such pioneers. Like, there's no way that that folks would forget about them. And I feel the same way, you know, at least for us personally, it, with it being one of the first amazing world-class, like, barrel-aged hours that we'd had. Like, when he, when he said that, I was just like, whoa, what kind of world do we live in that he thinks that Russian River may not be relevant anymore?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm completely still pumped to see this show up, you know, in a package on my doorstep. Uh, thanks again to carl who runs the website 1500days.com and if you care about the topics we talk about you'll really like his site Uh, but yeah this is such a good beer and all the beers honestly that i've
0: had from russian river have been a plus man they're they're, like super good i would love have you ever been out there no i would love to visit let's do it we need to take a poor not poor trip out there (laughs) yeah we do all right man time for a recap how to give your money away Right now, you might feel like that you don't have the margin in your, in your life. You may not feel like that you're in the financial position uh, to where you can give your money away, to where you can give to charity. And to that, we would say no. You need to start giving now because what it does is it starts creating that habit. It starts allowing you to build that muscle of, of giving money away. To so when you have a lot of money, guess what? It's not going to be any easier to give that money away when it's a huge dollar amount. It's, it's If anything, it's going to be harder. And so you want to get into that habit of being generous and being charitable. Yeah. And giving your
1: money away changes you. It lessens your attachment to money. And that's actually a good thing. I think especially as people that are frugal, want to save for the future, that think about you know where their money goes often. You know, And if you're listening to the, this podcast, you're probably one of those people. It can be hard to give your money away. And so uh, I think it's really important
0: because it changes your heart and it changes the way that you view money in a really positive way. That's right. And and for those folks out there too, who really literally don't have any money that they can give away, consider volunteering your time. There's a lot of organizations that need people more than they need money. And with our lives becoming more and more busy, time uh, is becoming more and more valuable. So yeah, that might be something that you have uh, that you can give away. Yeah. And be picky about the charities that you choose to give to charity navigator is
1: an awesome site. They do an amazing job of helping you understand where the money that you're giving is actually going. They kind of hold these nonprofits feet to the fire and will help you understand uh, whether your money is going to overhead or actually going to the people and the places that you want your money to go to for maximum effect.
0: Great tip, Joel. And then lastly, uh, be sure to budget the amount of money that you want to give away uh, every month. It might seem stiff and you know, kind of overly formal to do that, but like you don't have to decide exactly where that money's gonna go, per se, every month. Just decide that you're gonna give a certain amount uh, at least every month, and you need a plan for it. You need to have a plan. You need to make that part of your life. Anything that's worth doing, right? Anything that you are trying to achieve or that's a goal for you, You plan for it. And so, uh, you know, giving your money away should be no different. Uh, If you want to do it, make sure you plan for it so it doesn't blow your budget and so that you can go into it with more intention. And so that gives you the ability to give proactively uh, versus reactively with guilt. No doubt. So
1: thanks for listening, everyone. Our home on the web is howtomoney.com. We'll have show notes up there for this
0: episode. And if you like what you hear, let us know. You can review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, which by the way, we're almost hitting the, the three digit mark on the ratings and reviews, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, man. We're getting, getting to be pretty legit. Thanks to everyone who
1: you yes. know, writes a review uh, for this podcast. We appreciate that. Cool, man. So that's it. Best
0: friends out. Best friends out, man. Zumo. Zumo Play.